You're listening to the Professional Volunteer Podcast, because when the alarm sounds, nobody cares if you're career or volunteer. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Professional Volunteer Podcast. Really excited about today's episode. First of off, I have uh, Kara joining us again as my co-host. Hi, Kara. Welcome. Hi. And uh, our guests today are Dan Carrigan and Jim Moss. If you don't know Dan and Jim or are unfamiliar with them, they wrote a, a little book that's pretty popular in the fire service world, uh, Firefighter Functional Fitness. Um, I've been following these guys on social media for quite some time. Um, they put out some really good content between the two of them, uh, super inspiring. Um, and I'm excited to have them both on the show today. So Dan and Jim, welcome. Yeah. Hey, thanks for uh, having us. I'm very Absol- excited to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to, uh, to join us. Um, Dan, let's start with you. If you wouldn't mind, uh, introducing your, yourself and, uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Um, so I, uh, I'm hailing from uh, outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania here. Uh, I, I live in uh, Chester County and work in neighboring Montgomery County as uh, the chief of fire and emergency service for uh, uh, Upper Providence Township in Montgomery County, which if you're familiar with this area at all, it's just a little bit west of like the King of Prussia Mall area. Um, so uh, we've got a, a smaller uh, combination fire department. So I think a lot of what you probably want to talk to us about tonight probably connects directly with uh you know with my department but i've got uh, about 35 years in um and a lot of that is is has been the volunteer side of things as well so that's where i cut my teeth uh back in the 80s and uh, uh moved around a little bit but that's where i'm at now so we're building a, a fire department trying to do some regionalization and uh obviously whether they like it or not, uh, when they hired me, they hired on somebody that was going to put health and wellness uh, right up at the top of the priority list. And so far, so good. It seems like they're they're doing all right with it. So I'm happy to be here. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. I'm re- really happy to have you. Jim? Yeah. So uh, I am a career fire captain with the Metro West Fire Protection District in St. Louis County, uh, Missouri, in western St. Louis County. Uh, been on the job for about 15 years or so now. Uh, been an officer for the last six years. Um, also a certified personal trainer, uh, pure fitness trainer through the IFF. Um, just all around passionate about firefighter health, wellness, and fitness. And uh, got connected with Dan. Uh, oh, what is it now, Dan? About five years ago or so, maybe six years ago. It's uh, we got all this started. Long. Uh, kind of grassroots organically and snowballed from there and, um, you know, uh, wrote Firefighter Functional Fitness. And we've uh, been fortunate enough to say, uh, you know, we've been having an impact not only in the American Fire Service, but uh, worldwide with uh, firefighters worldwide uh, getting our book and letting us know how it's, how it's been helping them. So we're really excited um, to uh, be on the show today. And uh, thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So my first, you, you started to allude to my, what my first question was going to be. How, how did you guys meet? How did you guys link up? 
Yeah, Daniel. well, I normally tell the story, so I'm going to let Dan tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. Normally, when he tells it, he says Tinder, but I, I, that's not really the case. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, we, were, uh, we were both, I guess, running parallel right back, I don't know what it was, 15 or 16, running parallel on social media, uh, putting content out uh, relative to firefighter wellness and fitness and, and just trying to, to share that message, uh, uh, I guess, independently. And, and I guess that's how we met, right? We met on Twitter um, and, and saw each other's posts and, you know, we were writing articles here and there independently and so forth. And, and I reached out to him one day and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the same thing. I, I admire your style. You seem to have a good attitude about all this and you're dedicated and whatnot. And uh, so why not try to do something together? Uh, maybe we'll write an article, which we ended up doing. Um, we we com- uh, collaborated on an article for fire engineering on the online side. Um, that ended up getting really popular, much to our surprise, and kind of went pretty pretty viral uh, at that time. And so, with that success and the feedback we heard from Bobby and the gang there, we uh, decided that maybe we were going to write a series of articles mm-hmm. to follow up, short pieces. That initially is what ended up becoming, if you're familiar with the Big Eight of firefighter functional fitness, we were going to do a piece on each one of those sections essentially, and as we started to develop all that, we, first of all, we started joking about writing a book and then we kind of got serious about it. And then next thing you know, we were writing a book for real. Uh, and, and I don't know, six, seven months later after every day writing, we, we were just passing stuff back and forth via email. We never met actually in person until later on, like, what was it like that October of that year? Yeah. Yeah. When we decided to do all the photos for the book. Wow. Yeah, so we literally started writing. We probably wrote most of the book without ever having met in person. Wow. Um, yeah, it was. It's pretty strange, actually, um, in a good way. Uh, we 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 created the table of contents. We we added to it. We picked subject matter that was even within the book, even more near and dear to our hearts. And uh, it was about a fifty-fifty split all the way through. I would write primary on a chapter while he was writing primary on another chapter and we would flip flop them, edit, comment on each other's and then move on. Uh, and it literally worked that way from chapter one to chapter 22, all the way through the book. And wow. uh, yeah, went down there and met up with him, spent a few days filming, videoing, taking some pictures. And uh, I guess the rest is history, as they say. Uh, wow. he, I consider him a, one of my best friends and uh, honestly a mentor and uh you know, I, I think it's been a great partnership since then. So, yeah. Amen, brother. Couldn't agree more. That's awesome. So let me ask you guys this. And I, I, I always, I ask this question to really anybody I've ever spoken to about fitness in the fire service. And, and I've had a few guests that I've spoken to about this topic. Um, how were you received in the early days when you first started having these conversations? <laughs> well, like, uh, like, yeah, 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 like, like anyone. Um, uh, so within the fire service as a whole, our ideas were received pretty well because firefighters like simple. Um, they like something that's easy to apply. Um, and they like something that doesn't have a lot of fluff, you know, it's just straight into the point. Right. Uh, it, it, and that's our message about fitness for firefighters, just getting down, you know, brass tacks as, as, 
as, as nitty gritty and as down to the fundamentals as possible without overcomplicating it. Um, uh, that's what firefighters like. And so honestly, it was received pretty well. Um, and you know how it goes within your own fire departments and everything. People are like, Hey, what's that guy doing? You know, uh, I didn't know, uh, uh, they wanted to do that or he's writing a book or, you know, within every fire, your own fire department, there's, there's always going to be some naysayers. Um, but sure. you know, we all know to push past that. Um, and we do what we're passionate about. Right. And so we, we spread our message organically. And if, if, you know, you're passionate about it, you're persistent, you're going to succeed. Um, and, and honestly, Dan and I are not author authors, you know, we are not someone, we're not someone who set out to really write a book. It just all naturally. Um, and, um, like I said, it was the snowball effect. We started uh, pretty small, writing articles, uh, what we thought was important for firefighters and their fitness. And then it just grew from there, uh, joking around about writing a book. And then it, it blew up after that. Um, and, you know, like I said, the rest is history. It's, it's been uh, pretty awesome and uh, to have the success we've had and, and have the, you know, positive impact on people's lives. We get messages of simple things, you know, People saying, hey, I bought your book. I applied the principles in it. I'm down, you know, 50 pounds, 100 pounds. Um, and uh, just to hear that, you know, for all the hundreds of hours we pour in to firefighter functional fitness, you know, just to hear those messages of, of hey, you helped me uh, achieve my goals. I mean, that's that's where it's at. That's what's important. Um, not, not being able to say that your book is a quote unquote number one bestseller or th this or that. It's, it's more important to hear people say, Hey, you helped me and you were a part of it. So that's, what's rewarding. Yeah, I, I, I would, I, I joked it uh, with uh, Jim and, and uh, our publisher right in the very beginning and told them, I said, I'll, I'll just be happy if my sister buys a copy of the book. <laughs> one, one gets sold, you know, that, you know, which I actually gave her one. So I, I, I didn't, uh, but but I think I was really really amazed that when we put this together, we tried to be simple about it, and and apparently it it filled a hole that I didn't even really know existed in the fire service. Um, a lot of the feedback we get is that we really appreciate that you did this because we just we know we need to do something, but we just literally didn't know what to do. We did, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you see the people go to the gym and they stand around, look at the machines, they wander around, pick something up for a couple of reps, put it back down. It's, it's kind of like that on a larger scale. And, uh, I, 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 I'm just blessed to be working with a guy that, that, that between the two of us, we, you know, we, we were lucky enough to put something out there that, you know, in my mind should have already been done. Right. Uh, not by us, but it wasn't. And I was honestly scared to death when we were getting close to publishing that we were going to have done all this. And then something was going to come out on the market like a week before we were ready to release our book. Right. Right. And I'm right. Like, How did nobody do this yet? You know, because it seems so simple to us, but the end, at the end of the day, it's just a pleasure to know that, that it helped has helped somebody, anybody. Um, and, and that's really all it was meant to be. And I think if you go into it with that attitude, uh, you go into it with a, it's more or less a selfless attitude that we just mm -hmm. want to try to help whoever we can. And that's really all there is to it. And uh, the, the book uh, performs for itself. It doesn't need us. That's great. Kara, I know you're chomping at the bit. I can see your wheels turning. So jump, jump, jump right in. Come on. 
Um, I really am so excited to talk to both of you. And I had the uh, opportunity to meet Jim at one of your um, on-sites, which was uh, a great, a great experience. I enjoyed it very much. I'm so um, sorry I missed that. I was so disappointed knowing that I, there's well, a big I, following up there in the Rochester area, right, with us. Really, there is. And, and yeah. I could not, I was beside myself when I had to, like, step out of that and it had another oh. commitment. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I love going to do the workshop. So anyway, that's, that was disappointing to me, but the, the, the workshop was, uh, incredible. Yeah. Uh, it was so great to, to be able to do it in real time. Yeah. And after, you know, my dog-eared copy of my book going everywhere with me and Jim got to see it. Yes, I loved it. Um, but I would really like to talk about the big eight and where the concept from that, for that originated. Um, was that something that you guys put together right away or was that something that developed out of you uh, going back and forth on the fundamentals of um, firefighter functional fitness? Yeah, so uh, it was something that we developed right away um, and I would probably say adopted because we just basically looked, well, first of all, I'll go over what the big eight is. So the big yeah. eight is the basically physical fitness pillar um, that we share in our book and our workshop. So it consists of core strength, cardiovascular capacity, flexibility, and then there's the last five, which are functional strength categories. And they're mm -hmm. firefighter-specific uh, movements that we perform on the fire ground. Pushing, pulling, lifting, carrying, and dragging. So that's the big eight altogether. Um, and like you, like you said, we didn't create anything there. We didn't invent anything there. Um, obviously, uh, core strength, flexibility, cardiovascular capacity, are you know important for everyone's fitness, right? Um, but they're especially important for firefighters as um, you know the basic fundamentals uh, to build on other things on, especially the functional strength uh, categories. Um, and when we're talking about uh, pushing, pulling, lifting, carrying, and dragging, the last five, um, those are just things we adopted. Like I said, we didn't invent anything. Those are just natural movements that firefighters do. And so, like Dan said before. It, it's it's funny to say, but how did not something this simple before? Um, we like to say we never really invented firefighter functional fitness. We just kind of adopted it and and kind of shed more light on it for other people uh, to help adopt into their own fitness uh, routines. Um, so yeah, that the big eight has been part of our our you know thought process, our methodology since the beginning. Um, and uh, to say that we invented anything is, is, is probably far-fetched. Uh, we more so just looked at what basic principles, the most important principles, what we believe for firefighters, um, we just put it together um, as eight basic uh, things that firefighters can do to uh, functionally improve their fitness. It's, it's like you, we just packaged it up and, and put it in a format that I think uh, we were hoping that the firefighters across the country and the world would relate to. Um, right. And what better way to do that than just kind of reverse engineer and think about what it is that we do every day when we go out there on the street. Um, like, like Jim's saying, we didn't, we weren't the inventors of the, of the squat or the, you know, the overhead press or whatever. But when you take that and you actually connect it to something that we do on the fire ground, then it, it, it opens up a whole new world on, on, amazingly. Um, surprisingly, so, to, to some level, uh, it's just something that 
seems natural. And I, I mean, you know how we all are. We just want to know what to do so we can get on with it and do it. And we want, we want to make sure that it's worth our time and it's relevant. And I mean, the whole definition of functional fitness is that it needs to be relevant to what you do as a firefighter or as a soccer player or a police officer or whatever it is that you do, it should be relevant. And I, I just think that we, I guess we just came up with a way to relate it in a way that people could easily understand and not drag them down with a bunch of, you know, gibberish and complex theories and all kinds of stuff. And just said, here, go out and do it. Just go do it. If you're doing one or more of these things, then you're probably doing something right. Right. I, I think you make a really interesting point to the folks that are going into a gym and just kind of wandering around or looking and not knowing when to get started. I mean, I think all firefighters should have in the back of their mind that they need to be physically fit and they need to um, build strength and have those kind of simplistic goals at a, at a bare minimum if you're going to go into firefighting, whether it's career or volunteer. But I, I think that what you two have brought out that was missing was that piece of this is how you do it as a firefighter because there's so many options right so it's very overwhelming like you know there's high intensity interval training which of course you guys talk about in your book which is so important to um, the core work that we do and then there's you know um, brands like crossfit and then there's powerlifting, and there's there's so many options and choices and i think to your point as firefighters it can be really overwhelming and you don't know really what to, where to start or what is the best thing. And if you're just going to your hometown gym and working with the trainer, who's probably a great trainer and very knowledgeable and skilled, they may not have that information for you on what you should be working on as a firefighter. Sure. Um, and I think, I think that that missing piece um, was, was um, filled in with, with your book and the work that you're doing. Um, and I think that it kind of brought to light um, the how specific that kind of training is for firefighters yeah we yeah. suffer from information overload and fire right. service in general no matter if it's fitness related or whatever but so yeah you could go to five different you know fitness trainers and get five completely different you know approaches to what you should be doing and right. uh, like i said I, i'm glad you said that because i'm it's nice to hear the feedback that it's I guess it's essentially just simplifies everything just for us. It's, I mean, it applies to other people. Don't get me wrong. You could, you could go out and do this no matter your, your occupation, but um, we just, we didn't have that. We didn't have that in the fire service. Well, and, and, how, and how I many, think there's, if I may say something, Brian, if that's okay. Uh, I think there's something to be said um, about firefighters who know the job. You know, between Dan and I, now we have, uh, he said he had 35 years, I got 15 years on job. So I think there's something to be said for firefighters who have a combined experience of 50 years of job, of stretching hose lines, you know, pulling ceilings, you know, forcible entry, all the different things that are basic um, functions that, that we do as firefighters. I think there's something to be said to, to someone who actually puts on the gear, you know, masks up and does all these things. Um, I just had a post on social media the other day. Uh, I like to, I've gotten in the habit of actually recording my workouts on my Apple, I should say workouts, recording when I have a working fire on my Apple Watch. And I posted that the other day and just some interesting statistics. You know, we were on this fire, uh, probably actively doing work for about an hour. Um, and then, you know, there's a long process of just doing some slow overhaul after that. My heart rate had gotten up to my max heart rate, which was 181, and I had burned about 1,300 calories over, <laughs> over that time. Um, and so 
it, it, there's something to be said for someone who, who goes through that and then is also trying to train someone uh, physically um, to be able to do the job. Um, like Kara said, yeah, I'm sure that trainer is great at the gym and, and I applaud all the personal trainers out there and, and um, you know, I should say uh, the, the scholars who, who write about all this, you know, physical fitness and exercise science, but there's something to be said for, you know, just a simple firefighter who goes out and does the job, but also understands the importance of, of physical fitness. And, and I think that's uh, one of the great things that Dan and I can share is just that level of credibility um, uh, and relatability also that uh, firefighters can just connect with. What did I, what did I say to you last week? A little, that little quip I had when I, I saw a picture of a, it might even have been you, Jim, uh, doing a dumbing drag in a training scenario. And I said, you know, we should use this as a, one of our motivational posts. And the quote, oh, yeah. the quote would simply be, if you think it's difficult doing this now, you should try it at a fire. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I can guarantee you it's a hundred times more difficult because there again, like Jim has, has said, you know, we, I hate to use the cliche, but you know, it's been there, done that. It's, you know, we've experienced that kind of stuff and been through that kind of stuff on the fire ground and, and uh, you know, just whether it's getting yourself out of a bad situation or pulling somebody out of a, you know, bad situation or whatever, it's, uh, it's no joke. It's no joke at all. And it takes every last ounce of your mental and physical will to, to get it done. And, uh, and that's, I think, a good motivational uh, piece that we try to keep out there in the forefront. For sure. Absolutely. Re you know, regarding what Kara was saying about people going to the gym and maybe or maybe not hooking up with a personal trainer. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with fitness that you see is, you know, people that don't traditionally exercise that all of a sudden wake up one day for whatever reason it may be to decide that they're going to start exercising, whether it's because they're a firefighter or not, and go down to their local gym. And they're sitting there staring at the equipment, wondering, okay, I'm here. Now what do I do? Right? <laughs> how, how, how many of them, you know, actually will go and, and work with a trainer? Probably most don't, you know. Guy, we all know guys are stubborn, right? So guys will stand right. there and kind of stare at everybody and be like, all right, well, I know I got a bench press because I'm a guy. You know, so, so, so I'm, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bench press a little bit, but you know, no program, no idea as to what they're doing. And, you know, when it comes to firefighters and, and our lane here being volunteer firefighters, um, just getting them to take that initial step to realize, listen, just because you're not doing this every single day, right? It might be three right. days in between alarms. Um, yeah. You you still need to be prepared for this. You know, yeah. I saw that post with with your with your Apple Watch, and uh, that's not something I've ever done. But I saw it, and I was like, you know, I need to do that the next time I go to a fire, just because, <laughs> yes. you just because I'm, cur I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious as to what my look, and I'm, I'm a chief, so I might be standing at the truck, and my heart rate not be doing anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, that is something to show somebody to, to be like, listen, this is what's going on in your body when, when you're working at that, at that fire. You know. Exactly. And, and one of the things we, we try and communicate, two things I want to say, one of the things we try and communicate is that 
fitness, being fit for duty is the absolute minimum requirement of every firefighter, whether you're career, paid on call, volunteer, I don't care. Yeah. Because there are so many other hazards that we face within the fire service nowadays. Um, you know, we could go on and list 30 different things that uh, are <laughs> detrimental to our health in one way or sure. another. Um, and then you, you throw on top of that all the technical training, all the didactic knowledge, everything else that goes on top of that. So when we're talking about fitness, I mean, that, that's why we're so big on saying that it is the minimum, basic minimum requirement for every firefighter. You get that down. I mean, you, you increase your work capacity. Um, you're making better decisions on the fire ground um, when you're better physically conditioned. Um, and so it's a win-win-win for everyone. Um, unfortunately, I forgot my second point because I just went on tangent too long with my first point, but that's okay. <laughs> I would, I would, you know, I would argue that if you, if you consider going to a fire and doing what Jim and, uh, described and logging all that data, if you consider that and you should consider that a workout, you know, that is a workout. Actually, sure. we get asked all the time, well, if I had a work and fire, do I have to go back to the station and still do my workout I had planned? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> like you, you know, You're done. <laughs> but uh, from the volunteer perspective, I would I would argue that maybe there's even more of a uh, a need to to be ready for that. Unless you're lucky enough to be on a very busy company or department that runs these fires all the time, which I don't I don't know about you, but we're not. Um, you know, yeah. uh, then maybe the frequency, the fact that that there's less of a frequency of those uh, strenuous incidents, maybe even goes to even more emphasis on. Yeah. On I, I love that Mark Von Oppen from Fully Involved says 99% of the job is preparation. 1% sure. is execution. I mean, yeah, and that's absolutely. so true. I mean, whether you're at a busy engine house or fire company or you're a slow one, I mean, it, we all know that our training, it's everything. So whether that's physical training, whether that's hands-on training, whether that's classroom training, whatever, um, that's why we train. So when that 1% of our time of that working fire or that's whatever it. the nature of the call is, when it's time to perform, we can execute. And that's why well, our training. That's what uh, Frank Viscuso had said, you know, in his, in his sort of quote or endorsement is he, he said to everybody that would read it, I promise you at some point in your career, you're going to be tested. You're going to be pushed to the limit. And it, that, then and only then are you going to find out if you, you know, and I'm paraphrasing. If you're prepared enough. Yeah. You're prepared enough to, to, to really do this job the way it needs to be done. It's not a joke and it doesn't make a bit of difference to me whether you draw a paycheck or not. It makes no difference. Right. Well, it, listen, we, we, we know ourselves best. Right. right? And, mm -hmm. when, and when I talk to, to, to people and young firefighters about myself and why, um, what sparked me to pay more attention to my physical ability. Look, I was a young guy in my 20s. I've always been this frame. I've never had a weight issue, you know, regardless of what I ate and whether it was healthy or not, you know. Mom and dad blessed me with good metabolism. That's what I tell people. You know, that's, it'll that's, slow down sooner or later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. And and that's that's what it was. But you know, I I vividly remember the the fire or fires where I said to myself, "You need to oh, no. do. You need to do something." <laughs> you know, you, you that you, was you, the same impetus that I had really to really take this year. Part of it, anyway, I should say. Right. Some of it being research and. Uh, 
uh, things I was doing at the National Fire Academy, my own department that I used to work for, we clearly had a problem. We had mm-hmm. clearly had a problem with, with obesity and, and some of the guys and things like that. But it really, when it comes down to it, to your point was going through a, a really uh, in a neighboring city here, an arson crisis that we had dealt with for probably a good couple of years straight. Wow. Uh, I, I, I sat down one day and said this, I can't do this like this anymore. I'm my, my, uh, what did I say before? My, my, my 20 something year old brain is not able to keep up with my 40 something year old body anymore <laughs> or vice versa, whatever it is. Right, and, right, sure. You know, and I, and I, and I, uh, I, I couldn't do it. I just, I was taking too long to recover. I just said, I got, I got, I'm never going to be able to do this at the level I did when I first joined the fire service, unless I get my butt in to the gym and get, and get in shape. And uh, it happens to everybody at some point. So, you know, if we can prevent that from happening to begin with, that's even better. Yep. Yeah. One of the other things in the book that I love and I think is so important is that um, you touch on and talk about equipment and what to use to um, re, you know, to enact these functional movements. And I think um, it's particularly right now with, um, COVID and having people not being able to have access to gyms or equipment and things like that. Um, talk a little bit, um, Dan, if you can, about uh, what kind of equipment options and choices that you have to complete these workouts that are in your book. Sure. People hate to hear this. So you know that, right? Because <laughs> the first thing I'm going to say is if you have a body, you can, you can train. <laughs> and, and it's really the truth. So, so part of the, part of the, the effectiveness of the book and the methods and the the, the, the theory behind it all is that you, you absolutely do not need a specialized gym equipment or machines or anything like that to accomplish what we set out and laid out in that book. And more importantly, to accomplish becoming a healthier, more fit firefighter. You just, you have a body, you have hundreds, literally hundreds of body weight exercises to start with that you can do not only for strength, but also for flexibility, for cardiovascular capacity and for a combination of all those things. And then you have every single, if you have a fire truck, which most fire departments do, and it has like <laughs> ladders and hose on it, you know, which again, most fire departments do, then you have those kinds of pieces of equipment and appliances and implements that, uh, that you use on a regular basis out on the fire ground. And there's no reason why you can't use those to not only uh, improve your fitness, but also uh, they add a bonus of improving your own proficiency with the set equipment when you're training with it. So we've got ha- how many different uh, videos and, and uh, uh, movements that we've done with ladders and hoses, right, Jim? Uh, right. Tons of different stuff. All you have to do is take that, whatever it is, a ladder, for example, and apply it to one of those or more of those elements of the big eight, pushing it, pulling it, lifting it, carrying it, or dragging it. And if you're doing it at a certain pace, then you've automatically added in cardiovascular capacity. And if you're doing it correctly, you probably added in flexibility. And again, if you're doing it correctly, you most certainly have to engage your core to accomplish the movement you're trying to do. So now I've just covered every uh, one or more of the functional strength categories and all three of the foundational categories in the big eight by doing something with a ladder or a a hose line. So really that's simple. And, and, and it, whether you have our book or not, um, one of the great resources that we provide to, pe- to people is our YouTube channel. Uh, there mm-hmm. are about 400 videos on our YouTube channel 
Um, and we've broken them up into different things, body weight exercises. I believe there's about 170 body weight ex exercises that we've put on there. Um, and then we've broken down everything into the big eight already uh, for people to digest. Um, so if anyone is ever in need of a little uh, motivation or ideas, ideas for the workout, right? yeah, we have workouts on there too. So, Circuits, um, all kinds yeah. of stuff. So go to YouTube and in the search bar, just type in firefighter functional fitness and subscribe to our page. Um, then you're going to have tons and tons of, of workout and exercise ideas um, on there. Awesome. Firefighters like food and free. <laughs> so Very it's not true. food, but the YouTube channel's free. So Very true. <laughs> have 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 you have either of you had any any conversations or discussions along the way about incorporating obviously when you go to a career academy, there's a there's a fitness component to that career academy, right? Normally, something. Normally, yes. sometimes, Norm unfortunately. Yeah, yeah so, right. sometimes. Yeah. Um, in the in the volunteer world, obviously, we we're we're probably not gonna you know we're not doing morning PT because we're usually training at seven o'clock at night at a county training center somewhere. But there there is no if you look at the what we call the firefighter one curriculum, right? There is no component in there no. when it comes to health and wellness. And you would think there would be. You would think. You, you, you would think that. You detect um, the sarcasm. And, <laughs> I, I do. I do detect it. Uh, and, some, and, states, <laughs> some states have, have instituted that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know that, like, for example, like North Carolina, um, in their state firefighter certification program, there are modules and there are now at least basic ones mm -hmm. to, to talk about. Um, you know, the effects of firefighting and health and wellness and things like that. Um, I, unfortunately, like anything else in the American Fire Service, there's no federal oversight or, or for example, right. of any of it, really. So sure. if you come to Pennsylvania, you know, I'm embarrassed to say that the only thing you have to have in Pennsylvania to be a firefighter by law is a, a hazmat awareness training. Mm -hmm. Right. Here's your gear. Hop on the truck. Let's go. You yeah. know, I mean, now, now reality is that, uh, you know, thank goodness, most fire departments actually put people through fire training, but yeah, it's very frustrating that we spend a lot of time on other things, but we don't start at the very beginning and teach them about what they're about to get into and sure. how it can affect them short-term and long-term. Imagine if at the top of every firefighter application, it said in bold letters, Warning, firefighting is hazardous to your health. Mm -hmm. You can contract cancer. You can get seriously injured or even die. It's very likely that by engaging in this profession, you will encounter some sort of, you know, disease or injury in your, throughout your career that could, something, imagine that. How many people will we even get to apply? Sure. Or even when you're, when we're looking at line of duty deaths and the uh, overwhelming percentage of line of duty deaths that are related to um, medical conditions or cardiac mm -hmm. health. And I think that that's um, really, unfortunately, not spoken about enough no. um, because some of it obviously is not preventable, but a lot of it is preventable. And if, if we're not going to talk about those numbers and not going to talk about how to prevent those, those line of duty deaths, you know, you can look at NIOSH reports when they yeah. come out and you can look at what happened on the fire ground that, that caused it. But are we also not serving our firefighters by 
glossing over health and wellness. Right. No. And, and, I, and that's something I, and Jim would probably agree that that's kind of near and dear to my heart in terms of when we come out and do those workshops. And I know you went through one and, you know, the first thing that we start talking about before we talk about picking up a weight or doing any movement is we're going to have a gut check session here and we're going to tell you how bad this is for you if you don't take care of yourself. We're going to tell mm -hmm. you all about all these risk factors that are specific to firefighters over and above the general population. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. fact that you can add all these together and it makes it even worse, right? Mm -hmm. That's important to me uh, that, that we spread that message and, and uh, as much as, you know, because you have to, it's not necessarily that we're trying to sensationalize it or scare people into doing things to create that kind of a drama, but people need to know, Carrie, you're right. They need to know uh, exactly what the heck's going on inside your body when, when, when you go out there to do that. And it affects you and everybody else around you. Yeah. yeah. And, and Brian, I think one of the things you were kind of alluding to is that mm -hmm. there needs to be some type of minimum standard for all firefighters when it comes to job performance mm -hmm. and mainly physical fitness that is tied to that job performance. Um, so in our class, it's in our book as well. I believe it's, uh, Dan, help me out. What chapter is the physical agility assessment? Anyway, uh, not sure. Yeah, you, get, you go look it up. The book's right behind me. <laughs> but anyway, so we, we, we described for fire departments, whether your career or volunteer or whatever, we describe how to set up and create a physical agility assessment for your fire department. It uh, doesn't matter if you're career or volunteer, you, anyone can do this. Um, and so one of the things that, that's one of the things we also share in our 11 steps to creating a culture of firefighter fitness at every fire department. That's another class that we have. Um, we teach firefighters how to, uh, and fire departments, how to set this up at their own fire department. And basically it's stringing together between, you know, eight and 12 firefighter tasks that everybody should be doing. Simple stuff like uh, stretching a supply line to the hydrant, mm -hmm. um, connecting mm -hmm. to the hydrant, carrying ladders, stretching a dry attack line, um, uh, you know, carrying things like a ladder, setting up a ladder, simple things like that. Uh, and, and yes, the firefighters are in their full gear. Um, some of the tests can be on air, breathing off their SCBA cylinder, um, but all these different things that are so simple and basic functions of, of what every firefighter should be doing, we can string together in an assessment um, and we give parameters for that, uh, that every fire department, every firefighter can, can implement um, and, and adopt at their own fire department for what they, they need to do for themselves. Um, so is it a national standard? No, it's not a national standard, but it's something that can be adopted um, at the fire department level and type of accountability um, and standard within that own fire department. Brian, you know, you mentioned going to like a county training center and doing yeah. the Monday night training or whatever. And, and that reminds me of, you know, we, we get asked a lot about how do you get people to do these sorts of things, right? When they're not motivated or they don't have time or you do, whatever the case may be, all the excuses mm -hmm. you can think of, sure. um, you know, when you go to a place like that, you know, when you set up your evolutions for training, simply by the way you set those things up, similar to what Jim just described, um, you can put people through a workout without them even realizing they're doing it. So because you're doing 
firefighter like stuff that you're supposed to be doing in training. If you pick up the pace of uh, a five step evolution up and down a drill tower, for example, with a few different tasks involved in it, and you run that three or four times to become proficient in it, you've provided a workout for firefighters and they don't even realize they're doing it sure. at the time, you know? So there's lots of little tricks of the trade like that, that we can get incorporated into, into the, the program to get people a little bit more motivated and, and get them moving. Well, what we, what we've always had incorporated into, into our state program here, and it's changed over the years, what it's called, you know, now it's called task oriented air consumption. Right. Um, that is usually the point and it's early on in the program, that's usually the point where somebody realizes if this is for them or it's not for them, you know? Yeah. And, um, and sometimes that's a wake up call. And, and I always hope that it's a wake up call for somebody and have that conversation saying, listen, this doesn't mean that your journey is over. Right. This just, just means that you might need to take some time and focus on yourself and come back and, and do this again. Um, because Listen, some departments in the volunteer world are just happy that a warm body showed up and filled out an application, right? Correct. So they're happy to have them. They're hoping they can go out and get their certifications so they can utilize them for whatever certification that they can get. And, you know, maybe they, that individual didn't realize wow, this is, you know, this is work. This is, you know, th th this is actually going to put me through some right. pretty good paces here. And, and, you know, there's no easy way to say it, but, but no matter how you cut it, the job is, is not necessarily for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, volunteer or career. And, right. and so the, the old method of we're the volunteer fire department, we'll take anybody. Mm -hmm. We'll take, well, I'm not suggesting by any means that there are plenty of things that certain people can do that aren't maybe up to the level of being able to be an interior firefighter, but sure. not everybody can necessarily be an interior firefighter, at least right. not right away. And we have to be honest with ourselves about that because otherwise we're just, we're setting people up for failure. We're setting people up for things that they're not going to like. And, and, and that's that eye opening thing should absolutely occur in the early stages of a recruit Academy. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's, it's not a joke. I keep saying that. I know, but this stuff that we do is not a joke. Um, right. In my mind, I hate to say it like this, but I, and I've taught in the fire academies for over 20 years. And I tell, I used to tell the students that came in there, we're not doing our job. If every single one of you graduates from this fire academy, yeah, yeah, I absolutely. hate to say it because yeah. there's just no way it, that, that, that should happen. And not because you want them to fail, but it's just, it's the way it happens. If, if you, you can't let people slide on this stuff and let, no. you, nobody lets you slide on the fire ground. So you got to be prepared. You got to get your mind into it, your body into it, prepare ahead of time. And then after you're hired on or you're volunteering that you stay prepared for it sure. wasn't just to get on the job test. There's, there's two conversations that I think are often missed and, and, uh, and that's the, the fitness component. And the other one is the, is the hydration component. You know, and I, I have, the, we have this conversation a lot also. You have these kids, they roll in and like their idea of hydration is, is drinking a Mountain Dew on the way to class. <laughs> yeah, a monster. Or, or yeah. Yeah. A, mon yeah. a monster, a couple bangs and a Red Bull, you know, to wash it down. And, you know, and that's the other, that's the other place where I, I often see 
you know, you see the dehydration thing happen and, you know, they're, they might have the skills and ability, but they're just, you know, they don't know what they need to be doing. And that's, and that's why I think this is all, all so important that it's, it's a part of the program. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's not just Jim and I, it's all of our job. Absolutely. We understand all the important components of being an effective firefighter. You know, there's too many people that depend on you. Uh, exactly. Perfect, yeah. and, and that's why uh, hydration is, is one of our four pillars <laughs> within mm-hmm. firefighter functional fitness. So yep. exactly. So that's exactly why we share that. I'm glad you bring that up, Brian. Yeah, well, I, you know, and I had this, uh, I just had this conversation with, with some people last week. Again, you know, if, if you're going to work, to work a shift, and you know what your shift is, you know, you know, you're going to be working from eight to eight, and you're going to be on for that 24 hours you can prepare for or be prepared for that 24 hours. If you don't know when the pager on your hip is going to go off or by your bedside, you know, and you're sound asleep at three o'clock in the morning, you know, if you're not preparing for that throughout the day, and this was the conversation we were having about hydration, you know, you can't swing, you can't swig back a 16 ounces of water on your way to the call and call yourself and call yourself hydrated you know you especially it's been 90 degrees here for the last you know two three weeks you need to be doing this all day every day that way when you have that 2 a.m alarm that component is there for you you know you are hydrated there's no way you can play catch up with that and unfortunately it doesn't work the way you can drink 15 cups of water first thing in the morning and you've check that box for hydration for the exactly. Exactly. bodies don't work that way. Right. So, so you exactly. got to have it with you. You got to be carrying it with you. You got to be yep. doing it. And that's a great point. Uh, combine it with heat stress and your hydro dehydration and heat stress. And you're headed down a very dangerous path, no matter your age. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kara. <laughs> um, one of the other things that I think is great about uh, the book is it's not just um, 100% about the um, intensity workouts and the strength training, things like that. Talk so much about the importance of flexibility. And Jim, can you expand on that a little bit about, about why that's so important for firefighters? And I, I think it's a, it's a big block for um, firefighters to understand why flexibility is so important. Yeah, and, and I think most of us know, I'm glad you brought that up. I think most of us know that uh, sprains and strains within the fire mm-hmm. service are so prevalent. Uh, and we're not going to say that all that stems from a lack of flexibility. Um, <laughs> but we know that by enhancing our flexibility, we're also enhancing our mobility, right? Um, our right. ability to move. And, and we all know when we're in weighed down with 60 to 70 pounds of gear (laughs) that's providing all sorts of different uh, extreme stresses on our body. Um, So the more that we can improve our flexibility and our mobility um, outside of the fire, the better we're going to be able to prevent injuries and the better we're just going to be able to move, right? I mean, uh, I can tell you that some firefighters are so tight, uh, especially in their shoulders, those who um, are of the bodybuilding mindset. They're so tight in their shoulders that they can't sit in their seat and, and put on their, their shoulder straps from their SCBA. Right. Um, and some firefighters are also so tight they can't turn on their own cylinder behind you. They mm-hmm. themselves and, and turn on their own cylinder because they lack the flexibility and mobility to do that. 
Um, so not only is it important to reducing our, our risk of strains and sprains and all the, that good stuff, um, it's just important to be able to move well right. and do our job, right? I mean, the, the basic things uh, behind that. And so what we encourage firefighters to do, uh, we don't, you know, it's nothing too crazy. Um, but uh, if you ask any, anybody firefighters who work out, if they do any type of cool down stretching, probably 90% are probably going to say no. Um, if right. you ask them the same question about warm-up stretching, like dynamic stretching, the answer right. is probably also no. They probably no. just go straight into it. Um, and so that's what uh, we, we encourage firefighters to do is, is that warm-up dynamic stretching with movement. And then for cool-downs, doing the static stretching, which is more the reach and hold stretches. Um, and then also throughout the week, uh, encouraging firefighters to do something like functional yoga, or some people mm -hmm. like to do RAMWAD. Um, uh, is, is another mobility flexibility thing that uh, firefighters can do. Um, so whatever you choose to do, um, like we say in, in our book, make sure it's simple, it's functional, and it's effective, and it's going to apply to our job. And, and don't overcomplicate it. Um, right. But I'm glad you brought that up as as one of the pillars because <laughs> 90% of firefighters do not uh, take care of themselves when it comes to flexibility and mobility. Right. Right. Yeah, and when you have on just your turnout gear, just without your SCBA pack on or anything, um, you know, I had done a, a post of me doing a simple stretch in just regular workout clothes and then just with bunker pants on and then with um, my turnout coat as well. And it's just, um, it's very interesting to try to uh, understand what that feels like. Right. And I think that people don't even really think about it or notice it and they're not, and they're not focused on that. Um, but just a simple thing like that, just to see what your flexibility is as you start to add equipment and tools and things like that, it changes it drastically. And so exactly. if you're not flexible just in your street clothes or workout clothes, it's not going to get better once you add <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, your turnout gear. Right. Yeah. And there's different statistics out there, but a conservative one is that uh, once we put on all of our turnout gear, all of our gear, SCDA, everything, uh, our, our basic uh, movement decreases by about 25%. Um, right. So think about how, how much that is and, and all the functions and tasks we need to perform. Yes, uh, uh, flexibility and mobility is, is definitely a bare minimum requirement for us. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So let, I, I wanted to also talk to you guys a little bit about some of the, some of your social content outside of the book, right? Lots of um, leadership pointers, motivational pointers. Um, I, I look forward to them. I, I share a, a lot of them on my page because every, every one of them should speak to somebody, right? So somebody somewhere along, okay. along, along their journey. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm just curious as to um, where that comes from for you, where that inspiration yeah, Dan, Dan, do you want to talk about the three A's? Yeah, um, so for me, and I, I speak for Jim, I'm sure, but for, for me, it, everything that we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, 45 minutes or so, you know, starts with our own personal attitude, accountability, and then putting those important things into actual action and not just talking about them, right? So um, I think mainly for me, the motivation comes from the fact that I have a personal responsibility um, as a firefighter, whether I'm a chief or a firefighter or anything in between, 
is irrelevant. Um, I believe that, and Jim does, that we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard, um, that, that we're required to hold ourselves to a higher standard, and, and that's part of what we do. And so we have to have start out with the right attitude, right from Jump Street, you know, and that, and knowing that, you know, if, if your mind is right, your body can do just about anything is an important concept to believe in, right? So there's the attitude that you possess and that that attitude is contagious, all right? So if I come in, you know, with my shoulders dropped and with a pissy look on my face all the time and just, you know, I'm miserable all the time, then it's only going to affect people negatively after a while right it's just natural it's human nature you know so our attitude how we carry ourselves how we how we you know hold ourselves accountable as we move into the accountability when i say accountability i'm not talking about two tags and keeping track sure. of where we are on the fire ground i'm talking about you know you know walking the talk i'm talking about leading by example i'm talking about as a fire chief i'm talking about you know, getting out from behind my desk and getting out there with the firefighters and doing the same things that I'm asking them to do. Uh, I'm talking about the company officers who are probably the most important cog in this whole, whole system, you know, that they take the time uh, on a shift by shift basis or a weekly basis to say to themselves and to write down on a board or something like that, what am I going to do uh, this day or this week or this shift? to improve the health and wellness of my firefighters mm -hmm. on my crew. What am I going to do? What are we going to do today to make it that kind of a priority? And then lastly, it's just, it's just putting it into action because otherwise it's just words, 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 you know, it doesn't Absolutely. matter what you say, but if you get out there and you're doing it and you're demonstrating that you're trying to lead by example, and hopefully that's what people see. Um, you know, when, when somebody puts something out on social media, that's catchy or, trendy or whatever it is in the fire service that you're going to take it one way or the other. You're going to take it as yeah, whatever, you know, I'm not, it's just another cliche, you know, jargon, uh, you know, saying or, or whatever, or acronym. We're big on acronyms too. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we're showing people, this is how you do it. And, and we're not just asking you to do it or telling you to do it. We're doing it ourselves. You know, it's this important. And, and if you don't have the right kind of attitude and account, personal accountability, if you don't hold each other accountable, lift each other up and, and motivate each other and be positive, uh, then everything else in the book is not going to matter, really. Uh, I mean, I can Absolutely. teach how to do an exercise. You know, that's that's mechanical. It's it's up here in the head that really matters the most. So, yeah. You know, and, and, and Brian, well, what I think you're referring to a lot is what you see and what we post on social media. Right. A lot of motivational um leadership type quotes and, and, and two things i want to say is is you know we'll argue day in and day out that fitness is 90 percent mental and 10 percent physical or 10 percent execution we have got to get our minds right and that's what i was saying before you know we have got to believe and know within inside of ourselves that physical fitness is the bare minimum basic requirement um, so once we believe that, um, then the rest is pretty easy, right? Putting it all into action, whether you use our program or someone else's program, uh, getting your mind right, getting your heart right um, to make sure that you're, you're ready um, to uphold that oath. Um, the, the other thing I'll say is, is that, you know, when it comes to all the leadership quotes uh, or, you know, motivational quotes that we put out there, you know, as, as many others have said before, uh, Frank Fiscuso has said, you know, you have got to lead yourself 
before you can lead anyone else. Yep. Um, and so uh, that, that comes down to your fitness as a firefighter. If you can't handle that in the first place, um, then you're not going to get very far uh, within this profession. Um, so th those are why we post so much about those things, uh, mm -hmm. about those topics within our, our social media pages is, is because they're near and dear to us. And, and like Dan, Dan said, with the attitude, the accountability and the action, um, it's, it's an entire package. It's not just about picking up weights and putting, <laughs> putting them down, right? Um, it's about, you know, making sure our mind's right, our heart's right for the job. Um, uh, so we can, you know, yeah, we can go work out, but it's also about, you know, making sure we're serving our public, uh, and doing everything for the right reasons. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Kara, any other questions? No. Um, I just, any, you know, final thoughts from, um, Jim and Dan and are they, uh, where you're, where are you guys headed or, or are we still on COVID hold or what's, oh. what's up and coming? <laughs> We'll be going to Spartanburg, South Carolina for a two-day workshop, hopefully <laughs> scheduled <laughs> the uh, 12th and 13th of September. Uh, we're going to do a two-day workshop here in, in St. Louis County at my fire department at Metro West. Um, and then we're just still going to be active on social media, uh, as I'm sure everyone has experienced the slowdown. We've definitely right. experienced yeah. the slowdown with everyone, everything we're doing. And we're just trying to stay active, you know, and, and trying to reach people through social media and, and our YouTube channel. Uh, um, so that's that's basically um, what we've been up to. Um, and if you don't mind, we'll share uh, how people can get in touch with us. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So our website is firefighterfunctionalfitness.com. Uh, our email, if you want to reach both Dan and I, is firefighterfunctionalfitness at gmail.com. Um, and at, on our website, there's free downloads that you can have. Um, you can learn more about our book, our workshops. Um, if you just have a question or an inquiry, uh, let us know. Uh, you, and we answer everyone's messages, emails, all that good stuff. If you want to hop on a call with us to discuss something, just let us know. Um, we're, we're just basic firefighters like everybody else. So we mm -hmm. like talking fitness. And if we can help you, just let us know. Yeah, we, 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 um, we definitely, I know I speak for Jim when I say, I think one of the most enjoyable parts of what of this whole uh, adventure has been is actually getting out to the, to the different departments across the country and doing the live training with them. And so we just want to emphasize that we're, we're getting back into that. We understand people have the concerns and, and had done some cancellations. There were several other departments that I was at some stage of working on a, of finalizing a, a workshop and we're starting to try to get those back together but we can assure you that if you want us to come out if if, if a plane or a car or a train will get us there we'll come we'll, we'll make sure that we we're obviously going to handle it with all the precautions necessary that that you know the guidance that's out there we certainly don't take that lightly uh but but we're starting to try to get back into it we want to get back out there and 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 do those things and connect with people in person. And, and uh, so if you have any, any interest in that at all, feel free to email us or go on our website and, uh, you know, hook up with us and we'll send you the info. Um, we, we, we're lucky we've been able to go to a couple departments on more than one occasion, actually, um, nice. which is kind of nice to go back and retrain them and, uh, you know, recertify them. We, we were a certified con ed providers. So for those of you out there that are pure fitness trainers or ACE, personal trainers we give you know certain uh, workshops get con ed credits as well so 
um, yeah, we're, we're going to get back out there and get in and start hitting it again as much as we can. So, um, yeah, feel free to reach out. But like Jim said, we answer every single person, every single question. We'd love to talk about this stuff. We'd love to help people. It's not an imposition at all. And, uh, and so don't be bashful, reach out anytime. You know, I gotta, I gotta say, and you guys both just said it. And, and I know some people that listen to this, uh, listen to the podcast or watch us on YouTube or follow us on social media, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they're hesitant to reach out to even myself, which I I find ridiculous, you know, but you know, and I'm, I'm looking at looking and talking to you guys and, and, and you, you know, you wrote a great book, you put out an awesome product and, and people, and this goes for just about every guest I've had, you know, they're like, Oh, I can't, these guys are never going to answer me, you know? And, and I got to say just about everybody I've met on social media along this journey for however long it's been going on in the fire service is not like that. You know, I mean, just about all of them are, are willing to engage are willing to, to talk to somebody to help somebody. They're not looking, you know, they're not looking to line their pockets. They're just, they're, they genuinely, genuinely care. And, uh, and I just wanted to make that point because you both said it. And, and I, because I know there's people out there that are saying, Oh, I'd love to shoot this guy a question, but he's not going to answer me. You know, and I will, I'll, I'll take that one step further and I'll, I'll tell, tell you, uh, your listeners that, you know, inherent in what we've chosen to do here is it's a tremendous uphill battle. We're trying to, to change. I hate to say change a culture, but because you don't want to just change a culture. We're trying to infuse these new ideas into a, what's already a great culture in a lot of respects in the fire service, mm-hmm. but it's really, it's not an overnight, um, an overnight thing. It's more of a legacy building kind of a, an approach, right? My, my hope is that 10, 12 years from now that we won't have to be talking about this as much as much because by then, hopefully the young firefighters that are coming up, are now in positions of responsibility and this becomes the normal for them, not the exception in their departments. But along the way, we, we, we get disappointed. We get down, we get, you know, cause we, we see the line of duty death reports. We hear the stories we get the, and it's very frustrating to us. Sure. So know that, you know, that simple email or text message or, or message on social media that asks a question or says, Hey, you know, you know, do you guys mind if I ask you a question or have a chat with you? That lifts us up. Actually, it makes us feel yeah. like sometimes that we actually maybe are, maybe somebody's doing something to, to help themselves because of, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the message we're spreading. So it's, it's a two way street. We're trying to help people, but you know, the, the simple conversation or text or phone call or whatever, that, that helps us sometimes too, believe it or not. It makes us feel like we're not beating our head against the wall. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I appreciate both of you uh, taking time out of your business, busy schedules to join us uh, tonight. It was uh, definitely, a, definitely a great call that I, I was really looking forward to having. And I you know we had to put things off for a week, but I'm, I'm glad it worked out with every, everything that everybody's got going on and you know, things slowly starting to open up. So uh, I really appreciate your time and, and everything that you do for uh, all of us in the fire service. It's yeah. Thanks so much for having problem. us on. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be sure to post how to, how to get in touch with you in the show notes and for, uh, anybody out there listening, please, you know, reach, reach, reach out to these guys. They're, they're very accessible and 
very quick to respond. And uh, again, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thank take you. Care. It was great to talk to you both again. Thank you. You too, Kara. Thanks. All right. Yeah, take care. Stay healthy and stay safe. All right. You're all too. Yeah. Bye-bye. My friends, once again, I want to thank you for tuning into today's show, and I want to thank Dan and Jim for joining us. It was an honor to have them. I know Kara and I have both um, been directing attention to firefighter fitness for quite some time, and it really was an honor to have uh, two gentlemen with such great knowledge uh, of the topic on the show. So I hope you found this valuable. Please, as always, reach out to us. Let us know what you thought about today's show. Uh, we love hearing from you. You can shoot us an email at professionalvff. That's professionalvff at gmail.com. You can hook up with us through the web at professionalvolunteerfirefighter.com where you can find the YouTube page, our store, our soon-to-be blog, um, and our contact information as well. And as always, on social media, Instagram and Facebook, at Professional Volunteer. My friends, don't forget, a paycheck does not make you a professional. How you approach the job does. Stay healthy, stay safe, and thanks for tuning in.